What is going on, Locked On? He is Eric. I am Clint. Locked On Vols, Locked On Bulldogs. We're talking crossover episode. I don't know if you understand this, but the dogs travel to Tennessee. You may have heard of it. There is a giant thing happening in the SEC. We're going to talk to Eric about it. We're going to get insight on who the dogs are, who the Vols are, and what you should expect on Saturday next on Locked On Bulldogs. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time, the official place to go get last minute tickets. We love them. We use them. Enter promo code locked on college, $20 off. More on them in a second. Want to enter in or invite in Eric Kane of Locked On Vols. Eric, how is the day going for you, my man? It's good, man. So it's, it's a busy week, but I uh, wouldn't have it any other way during football season. Reached the end of the season almost, and that's a it's a little upsetting, but still a couple big games left, including this weekend, Tennessee and Georgia. That's exactly right. Savor the fall, y'all. We get so worked up in a lather that we forget, and by the time we blink, it's already gone, and December's right around the corner, and we're pining for the days of September and August all over again. Uh, there is a big showdown coming up this weekend as the dogs head on over to Tennessee. Uh, so, Eric, I just want to start off. Um, coming off this weekend's game to Missouri, how are the Vols feeling? How are you feeling about this matchup uh, in Neyland Stadium happening this Saturday? Yeah, I mean, totally different from, you know, this time a year ago, right? I know this was uh, earlier in the month of November, two undefeated teams playing for a shot in Atlanta, you know, in Athens, and uh, Tennessee comes up short in that one. But, I mean, that that game had so much hype. That game had so much anticipation. And don't get me wrong, this game is huge, right? I mean, it's going to be a huge weekend. It's Tennessee's biggest recruiting weekend um, mm-hmm. of the year. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be on CBS. SEC Nation's going to be there. I mean, like, it, it deserves all the praise it's going to get, but – you know, even take out what happened last Saturday against Missouri, where Tennessee just got its just its face kicked in. Like <laughs> this team's been so inconsistent, it's almost like you don't know what team you're going to get week to week. And um, you lost so much NFL talent. I mean, you lost what should yes. have been a Heisman uh, Heisman finalist and in, in Hindenhooker, um, top ten offensive tackle in Darnell Wright. Um, of course, you lost a Blitnikoff winner and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. You lost Byron Young, who is in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, you lost so much talent last year, so you knew you were going to take a little step back. Um, But you did take a step forward, and you have taken a step forward in certain areas of your game. But I just think the inconsistencies week to week has been a little frustrating. Then, of course, Saturday, uh, just like nothing, nothing went well for Tennessee on the road. It was just such a disheartening defeat. So heading into this matchup, you know, it's a big one. It's another football game. It's a rivalry game. People are excited and everything. And and Tennessee, Tennessee can certainly play with Georgia if it doesn't, you know, just self-destruct like it did last Saturday. So um, I I think that uh, some optimism, a little bit of optimism, but I think Saturday certainly dampened a lot of that, uh, just being being honest. Yeah, yes. Missouri is a dang good club. Like, all honesty, that is a good, good football team. Sound all the way through. And you're talking about this kind of two different Tennessee teams. Road and and home are two different Tennessees, first and foremost. Um, we were talking about this, Daniel, my co-host over on Lockdown Bulldogs. We were talking this week. We asked the question, um, does, is Josh Heupel, is he bored or upset coaching this year's team as opposed to last year's team? Because 
you tell me if I'm wrong, but the identity that I've seen from Tennessee is actually a really stout defense, top 25 in the nation. So stout defense, which was not the same last year. And secondly, a run game that's really, really competent. Like I'm talking exceptionally competent. If I can use that word, is this, how is it being a fan of this year's team compared to last year's team? That was not like this at all. And what's funny is um, as good as Tennessee's run game has been and as good as Tennessee's defense has been this year, again, last Saturday, neither one of those units got off the bus. <laughs> and so that's no. what's so frustrating. Um, I think Josh Heupel, he's certainly not bored. I think Josh Heupel's frustrated because um, yeah. you look at every stop that he's had, play caller, Oklahoma, Missouri, of course, you know, being a head coach at UCF and at Tennessee. Um, he's had a quarterback, and he's had an offense that's been top 10. He's had a lot of offenses that have been top five. Of course, led the nation last year, and, and you're not seeing those same results this year. The big, the biggest misconception about Tennessee's offense under Josh Heupel is you don't run the football. Tennessee's averaged 200 yards a game under Josh Heupel uh, while being at Tennessee, rushing yards, that is. And so Tennessee's always run the football. It's just, as you put it, like exceptional this year. It, it's, it was leading the SEC prior to last week, and um, it's still really, really good with Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson, Jabari Small. So it, it's been a little di bit different of a makeup uh, for Tennessee, and you know because of the run game, because of the defense, you won games like A&M. Uh, mm. you, you made things difficult in games, you know, South Carolina wins, Kentucky wins, and some other wins on the schedule. You led 20-7 to because of those two areas, or at least the defense, um, at Alabama before giving it away. So it's a little bit different looking Tennessee. You're just lacking the explosives through the air. Uh, and that's, again, that's the biggest thing that you're not seeing this year that you've seen in years past. Yeah, and it, it's quite shocking because I know Josh Heupel. I know how he's coached. I know it's been. I know Tennessee's identity, what they want to be. We heard a lot about Milton coming into the season, and, and there was a lot of expectations. But I think you hit it, Eric. People who watched last year's team, this is not a knock on Squirrel like at, at all. Like this is not saying, but he ain't the same as the other dudes that were there. And the talent drop off has been quite massive. It's it's much like Georgia's defense this year is not like the defense last year or two years ago. We lost all them dudes, and we have to replenish them. And we're putting it together. We're scrappier than we want to be. We want to be dominant. We're just not there quite yet. And and I don't know if we're going to be there defensively this year to take on the the upper echelon. Uh, offenses, but I, I sympathize with that on the offensive side for y'all. Hey, hey, tell me, this is my, and again, I, I've watched Georgia a couple times this year, watched, um, you know, I'm covering Tennessee, I'm on the beat, so I don't get to watch as much college football as I want outside of Tennessee, but tell me if I'm wrong here. Georgia, and you mentioned it, like, you, you lost all them dudes. I mean, uh, <laughs> Jordan Davis from a couple years ago, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, um, Keely Ringo, uh, Christopher Smith, I mean, all those guys are in the NFL right now. All, all those guys, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, top couple of picks there. But you're still so good defensively. Offensively, you lost Stetson Bennett. Sure, he's not um he's not a, a superstar, you know, physically or whatever, but he was a good quarterback in this league, good for Georgia, and you lost some good running backs and some linemen. But, you know, you look at the offensive stats, Georgia's pretty much second behind LSU in most of them. You look at defensive stats, Georgia's yeah. number one in the SEC, except for rushing defense, where you're number two in the SEC. I think it's a credit to Kirby Smart, obviously, um, recruiting and developing that it's like Georgia's getting better and better every single week, but like there's not one just star outside of Brock Bowers. Uh, and I think that's that's a good thing if you're Georgia just because it shows you the yeah. overall health of your program right now. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. The two guys on defense that if I were to put my my absolute flag in the ground and say these guys I I stand behind, Kamari Lasseter at corner is turning into a shutdown corner right before our eyes. He's talented. He had it, and now he's put it together. The dude comes up and runs support so much. It's quite phenomenal, as well as locking downs. The last couple of weeks, he's graded out exceptionally, and we've seen him on film just take off half the field. And then Malachi Starks. He's been tasked with making sure he's the insurance policy and he's the eraser on the back end. So don't let any deep get past you. And he's the most trusted guy back there. Bullard at safety and Tyke Smith at safety haven't been the same types. And so the, the one big area that's been a frustration, maybe two big areas, but one that's lacking in experience or talent edge and inside linebacker Kirby smart loves inside linebackers. So it, it is his, I know he's a safety and he loves safeties. We've had a whole bunch from Richard Cotton and so on and so forth, but without an inside backer, this defense doesn't go. And we've seen a couple guys rotate in uh, newer guys. Uh, Dumas Johnson hasn't been the eraser and Nicobe Dean and Roquan Smith were, but all of a sudden CJ Allen got a start because now pops is pop. Uh, JDJ Dumas Johnson is out with a fractured forearm. CJ Allen, freshman kid comes in Kirby says hardest position to play in the SEC as a freshman inside linebacker and that's what he did last week we saw him grow up before our eyes at Old Miss beginning of the game he was getting waxed fourth quarter he's waxing folk so against this run attack for Tennessee who it's it is development it is recruitment it is depth but it's just lack of experience right now and I'd say inside linebacker in particular hasn't been to the same status as previous years, Georgia. And that's what's making the big difference, Eric. Uh, we're going to come back after this and we're going to give you some insight, more insight on who Georgia is, who Tennessee is as we lead up to this. But first of this. And this is in fact game time. Game time is the official app of Locked On Bulldogs and Locked On Podcasts everywhere to talk about getting tickets, concerts, basketball games, football games, whatever you need. Last minute, and the best prices. Daniel and I, my co-host, went to the Kentucky game. And before we did, we made sure to go ahead and check game time. And as we're looking at game time, we compared it to every other place. And you know what? Game time had the cheapest fees, the least expensive tickets. They didn't gouge us. And they were right there at the end of the day for us. Game time. The app is super simple. It's easy. Go right to it. And right now, all of our listeners can go over to game time app, download it, Put in the promo code Locked On College when you check out and get $40 off your tickets. So if you're going to this game this weekend and you don't have tickets, don't fret. Go over there right now. Game time. Locked On College for $20 off right now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, Eric, as we look at Tennessee, um, in my estimation, this game has to be managed very well closely. I think at home, you said at the beginning at the top of the show, and if anybody that thinks, oh, no, 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 this game is a hand, look at what Vegas thinks. First of all, Vegas has this under double digits, which that should tell you a ton because I got tall buildings in Vegas. So please, mm-hmm. everybody chill. Secondly, it's at Tennessee. And as we've said, Tennessee is a different team at home. How do you see a path for Tennessee to win this game? I'll I'll give a little cheat sheet. 
I said it's they've got to manage it really, really closely. They can't take a lot of chances because a couple turnovers get going and Georgia's offense is what it was last week. This game could get out of hand quickly. Is that what Josh Heupel and the volunteers want to do or is there another game plan they don't want to attack? Well, I think uh, I think you're right in that respect. Like you can't you can't be careless. You can't take too many chances because again, if you get down a couple of scores in and, and this offense, it, it, it's kind of weird. You know, when Tennessee gets down, you haven't seen Tennessee come back much. Um, you know, under Josh Hopple in three years, whereas this offense is is kind of built to come back. So mm. you kind of have that in your back pocket, but you haven't seen that an awful lot. Um, but I do think in that respect, you do need to try and steal a possession. Um, is that playing aggressive on the back end defensively? Is that you know going forward on fourth down or two? Is that you know faking a punt? I don't know what that is, but in a game like this where I do believe Georgia will win by ten plus, um, you know, ten fourteen or so, I think you do need to steal a possession to mm. you know give yourself a chance late in this football game. But to your point, for Tennessee to you know win this football game, have a chance to win this football game, you've got to go. And it sounds so elementary, but you got to go back to being who you are and who you are this year is running the football yes. and defending the run. And then from there you can build off that, you know, Joe Milton has been so much better now compared to where he was earlier in the season. He's not Hendon hooker. He was never going to be Hendon hooker. Um, he makes mistakes. I don't think he had a good game last week and nobody had a good game last week, <laughs> but Joe Milton is much better when you're not one dimensional. And if you can run the football efficiently, win first downs, make it second short, get into that tempo offense, um, you can build off that, and so that's first and foremost. You got to get back to running the football defensively as well. I think you just have to take chances. I think you have got to not be married to one thing specific. Whereas in games mm. against Missouri and games at parts and times against Florida earlier this year, Tennessee's defensive coordinator Tim Banks was just married to you know bottling everything up in front of you, not gonna not gonna beat you over the top. I think you got to take some chances. You know, if, if you get beat over the top, it's fine. Go back and, and try something new. Just keep Carson Beck guessing all game long. Uh, that's kind of how I view Tennessee winning this football game. What about Georgia? Uh, Georgia, again, kind of all around a really good football team. How will Georgia win this football game on the road where Tennessee has won 14 straight at Neyland Stadium? Yeah, here, I mean, I've, I have often been criticized by our listeners because Jordan Hare, to me, is one of the most deplorable places on the planet because we had teams that were more talented than Auburn. You go on the road in the SEC, weird things happen. Like, it's it's just weird, and I know we can all poo-poo it, and I know we got to say, no, 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 the better team should win, disciplined, but weird things get going. The ball bounces oddly, and I think uh, with as raucous as that crowd's going to be, um, Georgia needs to go ahead and 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 play error-free football as well. And this is going to come. I, I think you're right. Fourth down for Tennessee. If I'm Tennessee, man, go go for broke on those type of situations a little bit more. Don't be completely careless. But you, when you have the crowd noise going for you, have that advantage. Do it. Uh, I think that's really key. But Georgia wants to be. It's really, really interesting. We were talking about this uh, yesterday with the emergence of Kendall Milton coming back from injury at running back. Now Georgia has a power run game, much like Tennessee with him. Dejon Edwards is more of a one foot in the ground, cut and go, an elusive guy, a little slippery. But Milton will just say, I'll bang with you in the box all day long. Come on down, safety. And so if Tennessee wants to run the ball, I think Georgia can match that as well. But the defensive side, we saw Missouri um, run on Georgia as well. And that kid, my gosh, he's having a fantastic year. Yeah. What a story he's got for Missouri. He's, he's being all worldly. 
but you saw the blueprint. You saw what could happen. And especially at home, if you get that momentum going early, working a lather on the run game. So what Georgia has to do is set the edge. Uh, I don't know if the run game complements uh, Tennessee well, where they can do zone and they can do inside, but they also stretch it, hit the edge. If there's a complex run system that they can go ahead and get to, it's not just a one-trick pony. Georgia needs to set the edge. And they didn't against Missouri, and it cost them dearly. They, they were in a tough battle very close I think offensively I've been very very impressed with Tennessee's defense but I'm going to be honest I I said this on the podcast and people can come fight me Uh, Georgia's offense is the best in the nation right now from a balanced standpoint I mean there is just there is every position wide receiver tight end Brock Bowers is not human I don't know how he came back from that injury now our run game and now our offensive line I mean everybody is cooking this last game against Old Miss 50 burger top 10 game so I, I think I think I'm not that concerned, I, I do believe Tennessee can keep the defense can keep it to about 35 points because it is going to be on the road. So I think that's well within means. But man, if uh, if there's a complimentary run game for Tennessee, they'll be within a puncher shot at halftime. I really, really do consider that to be true. So Missouri, you know, was built on that outside zone and Schrader just, you know, let, you know, outside zone that lead and, and everything in Tennessee, much like Georgia points in time, Tennessee literally never stopped it where Tennessee will differ in its run game. A lot between the tackles. They'll they'll pull mm. their tackle. They'll block down, block down, pull their tackle, kick out the inman on line of scrimmage. Sometimes we'll have an H back, go up and get one backer, the center will get the other, split zone. They're gonna run a lot in between the tackles and look for that cutback lane. So I think that is where, you know, if you're Georgia, you gotta prepare to stop, you know, between the tackles. Um as far as Tennessee defensively, yeah, like, you know, and, and again, this is football. It's it's a contact sport. I mean, you know, Tennessee is down. Brew McCoy out for the year. Dante Thornton now is out for the year. Those are receivers. Um, Of course, you had your best cover corner who was having an incredible year, one of the best in the country in Kamal Haddon. He's out for the year. Uh, It's been a rotation on the offensive line because you just weren't healthy, and you're still not healthy all year long. Um, Yeah, That's just how it goes sometimes. But defensively, I I just think think Tennessee needs to continue to make Carson Beck guess and, and obviously stop the run. But Carson Beck has continued to get better and better and better as the year's gone on. Tell me about him, his game, how he's got – I mean, he's completing passes over 72%. Um, you mentioned the run game and getting healthy Kendall Milton back, and that's huge. But you, you've got a cheat code in Brock Bowers, which I, it should be unfair that he's already back. Cedric Tillman was pretty much never the same all year long when he had the same thing, tightrope yeah. surgery. Lad McConkey, I know they move him around a little bit. Dominic Lovett, Rara Thomas, you guys got severely better wide receiver compared to where you were last year. Yes. Beck, obviously he's making things go. How how has he improved as the year's gone on? And, And what is his kryptonite maybe? Yeah, it's it's really wild to me. Beginning of the season, what had happened is people thought that they could blitz him and really get to him. And he has been a blitz beater third down. If you look at him at third and more than eight yards, he's at a clip. It's quite insane. He gets a first down. I mean, it, it's it's almost like it's automatic at this point because defenses don't learn and they blitz. Where Carson Beck, his kryptonite is, so to speak, is if a defensive scheme can go ahead and let him take what they give him. So quarters defense was the thing at the beginning of the year. Everybody dropped into quarters and said, beat us with the intermediate game. And that's where you saw Brock Bowers really take off because he did all that slip lie out of the backfield. And it was a check down, if you want to use that term. But Carson Beck doesn't want to force the ball in. And so he'll just give what the defense takes him. So if you make him do quick reads, and you're going to go ahead and take the back end off the top where Lad McConkey can't get behind you, right? Um, you can't have Ra-Ra do a 15-yard, 17-yard, 18-yard dig in behind your linebackers. All of a sudden, uh, Carson will say, okay, I'll, I'll hit Dejon Edwards. I'll hit 
Oscar Delp or Brock Bowers in the flat and make the playmakers do work. But all honesty, I, I really, really anticipate Carson Beck continuing to succeed this year. And he has vaulted himself. If you listen to what scouts are saying now, scouts are saying this guy can play in the league and he is just cool hand Luke. That's what Kirby gave him the moniker of last week. The guy is just as under pressure. He doesn't melt at all. And that's why it was so funny. People said he's inexperienced first year starter. Blitz him, blitz him, blitz him. Don't I, I'm t- don't do that. I, I would love if Tennessee brought a couple of a gap blitzes and a corner man because Carson's going to cook them. Where you try to beat them is you try to do four deep and say, well, make our make, we got to make tackle in space, and that's where uh, his kryptonite is. So to see speak. that doesn't play well into Tennessee because Tennessee's done that a lot this year. Again, did it did it against Florida and, and Graham Mertz ate him up. Did it against Brady Cook. Brady Cook ate him up. And so oh. you know, Tim Banks has so much faith in his in his defensive line. And Tennessee plays ten guys up front. It's a really good defensive line. That this year you're not seeing as many blitzes from the second third layer. Aaron Beasley, your middle linebacker, really good blitzer. They haven't blitzed him at all this year, mm. and it's really kind of frustrating to watch that because he's really good at that. Uh, you know, Wesley Walker, Tamari McDonald from the third layer, you know, coming off the edge. You're not seeing that as much. You're seeing Tennessee say, all right, front four, go make some pressure. And sometimes it hasn't happened. And let's just rally and make the tackle. And that's come back to bite Tennessee in the butt. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they, they just try to mix a lot of different things at Carson Beck this year or the, this week and, and kind of try to confuse him a little bit. And one more note on the defensive line, one of the best in the nation earlier in the year and then from the second half at Alabama through Kentucky through UConn, Tennessee didn't ha- Tennessee had one sack and it came off an intentional grounding. Mm. He had three sacks the first half at Missouri, no sacks the second half. The defensive line's really good. James Pierce got to count for him. Tyler Barron, really good players. But that unit again has been a little inconsistent as the years gone on. What a time to arrive would be this week against Georgia. But if I'm Georgia, I'm definitely keying on James Pierce and Tyler Barron for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, the offensive line, we just got Amarius Mims back at tackle, and this offensive line is gelling at right the, you watched Old Miss, top seven in the nation in chaos off the edge, getting to the quarterback with pressure, and Carson Beck wasn't touched until he slid uh, a couple of times, so it, you're right, you need to have pressure with it four, and if Tennessee can't get home with four, or maybe five, they have to bring extra to try to go ahead and do it. I don't know if it's going to be good. Uh, that's interesting. Key those guys on the defensive end and defensive line as well as linebacker. That's good. We're going to come back, but first, these. And these are, in fact, DoorDash. Right now, when the football season is happening, you don't want to go out. You want to sit on your couch all day long, watch the first game on CBS, and then watch the rest of the primetime games. Watch Pac-12 after dark. It's all fantastic. It's all great. And don't get off your couch. Instead, use DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can go ahead and 50% off up to a $10 value. When you use promo code or when you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED, 23 that's locked 23 two three subject to change terms apply lock 23 gets you that up to ten dollar value 50 percent off when you spend 15 dollars or more your first order go ahead and get them wings get them fried chicken get those burritos the the chipotle whatever it is doordash straight to your door fast convenient easy makes everything good so that you don't have to either waste time making food or going out instead get it right to your door one more time 50 percent off up to $10 value when you when you spend $15 or more first order download the DoorDash app enter code locked 23 locked 23 subject name terms and conditions apply all right we're here with Eric Kane of locked on balls talking this Georgia and 
Tennessee game this Saturday. We've both told you what we think or how to attack the defenses, where to key off of that sort of deal. Um, all right, Eric, let's let's get to it. We teased this a little bit earlier in the show, but let's give our official score predictions and how we see this game going. Uh, what do you think is the most realistic outcome for this game? Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about it all week, and it's, it's been frustrating because Tennessee's been inconsistent this year. Um, you know, Tennessee has done some things really, really well. We've talked about the run game, getting after the passer, defending the run. Um, at points in times, the pass game has is, is, is come come along a little bit, whereas the first, you know, four or five games of the year, man, it, was, it wasn't just the quarterback. I mean, it was the, the operation. I mean, it was the it was the Romel Keatons, the Squirrel Whites, you know, Brew McCoys, all those. But it's come along at points in times. But it's just it's never kind of gelled all together at one time. And if there's ever a game, I mean, that's got to be it's got to be this game because you're playing the top ranked Bulldogs, best team in my opinion in the country. Um, you're gonna have the home crowd to your back, okay? That's huge. You've you got that win streak at home. It's gonna be a good environment. I mean, Tennessee can absolutely play with Georgia. Tennessee, in my opinion, can win this football game. I just I'm not gonna pick Tennessee to win this football game because too inconsistent. And, and last time out, what have you done for me lately? I mean, God, that was just so bad. Um, so I, I think Tennessee will be much, much better looking than what it was last year, last week. I think Tennessee will get back to running the football and, um, man, if you can create a turnover, if you can steal that possession, I think it can be really close there in the fourth quarter, but, um, I'll, I'm going to play it safe here and, and, and take Georgia because I would trust Georgia more based on, you know, where they're at and how they've improved and where Tennessee has been inconsistent. I'll go Georgia 35, Tennessee 20, 21 uh right now and um again I, I, as uh as, as a tennessee host i would love to be wrong that'd be great but i'll go 35 21 georgia right now you know it's really funny i was asked by um uh, uh, i forget who it was maybe it was maybe it was alabama or maybe it was Ole miss uh, locked on they asked me if you're looking at georgia's schedule which game is most concerning to you and this is before the missouri game so it was missouri Ole miss tennessee and missouri playing dang good ball they're a top 10 team in the nation nation i don't care what the record says they're really really good if this was next year's playoff uh missouri beating somebody in the first round or the playoff with the expanded playoff like i i, I completely completely think that's true um old but so i was nervous about that but again i i anticipated we win old miss never concerned me i i picked the over in that game and i picked the i bet heavily on the spread georgia to cover it's top 25 at night sec game kirby covers those all the time just every time he he gets going for it i said this game against tennessee was my most nerve-wracking one again on the road and a team can get hot. And when you have fundamentals, when you're running well and you're stopping the run, I'll tell you a coach who does those, who's made his whole entire career thus far about those two. It's Kirby smart. Kirby has said, if you stop the run in the SEC and you run the ball, well, you win games and he's not wrong. So uh, now I'm going up against a team that's at home and can do those two. Man, I think this game is going to be uncomfortably close in the first half for a lot of Georgia fans. We've we've seen this before, right? A couple of years ago, Tennessee came out to that big first quarter lead when Georgia came in, and then Georgia stormed back. Um, I think it actually has a chance to do that. I think you have a chance to repeat Alabama, what happened when you all went to Alabama, but at home against Georgia. And yeah, if if there's a Georgia fan listening to this saying, no, 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 Tennessee can't hang with us, please stop. Like, you, you don't know ball because they can. They have talented players. They have coach. Uh, and it's a, it's a good squad. So um, my prediction will be, I think, 35. Uh, you, you took it right from my mouth. I think Georgia will get to 35. Um, I think the floor is actually 30. But I, I think having home and having the run game, 
uh, for mm-hmm. Tennessee will shorten the game down a little bit. So I don't think it's going to be much more than that. Uh, and I'm going to boo 17 for Tennessee. I think a couple touchdowns, I think early on, maybe 14 of those 17 come in the first quarter for Tennessee. Uh, so 17, 35 is what I'm going to go with here. I'll give uh, you, any- uh, I'll give you two stats here. If you're a Georgia fan, you'll love this. Um, in SEC games this year, Tennessee is averaging 8.2 points in the second half. Not good. SEC games in the second half, Tennessee's averaging 8.2 points. The last two ranked games on the road, again, I know this game's at home, but the last two rank, uh, ranked teams on the road Tennessee's played, Tennessee's given, given up 27 unanswered and 33 unanswered. So, again, playing at home, I recognize that. But just, just going to show you, Tennessee has gotten off to good starts. Tennessee has gotten off um, yep. both both years, even last year. I mean, that was it was it was rainy. You know, Georgia was really conservative, but I mean, Tennessee forced a turnover there. I believe yep. it was the first possession. Maybe I'm not yep. sure. Um, you know, Tennessee did some good things in the first half last year. Tennessee did a lot of good things in the first half two years ago. And um, while I mind you as well, in two games so far in this series under Josh Heupel. Tennessee's not been able to run the football against Georgia. Mm-hmm. So if if Georgia shuts down Tennessee's run game again, then that's an easy path to success. So some things going against Tennessee kind of heading this matchup, obviously. It's got to be better in the second half. Tennessee's been really bad in the third quarter. And uh, it's been a good middle eight team for the most part, but it was a train wreck fumbling at the end of the first half and giving up a field goal there right before the halftime against Missouri. Uh, but anyway, it's been a pretty decent middle eight team, but not a great second half team. So... Tennessee needs to run the football and play better in the second half, and uh, we'll see what happens. But like you said earlier, man, um, things happen in SEC football, yeah. especially for a team that's favored to go on the road. I mean, Tennessee earlier was favored by, I want to say, 9, 10 points on the road to Florida. Lost that football game. Things happen. So I- I'm hoping to see a really good football game. Uh, two, two beats in the SEC East, obviously the back-to-back national champions in Georgia, who I think just continues to get better and better. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, absolutely. It's really wild. Those two stats you gave me, um, it, it doesn't fare well for Tennessee fan no. because Kirby Smart, uh, after halftime, uh, it's lights out. I mean, he is just, it's like an anaconda has gotten over to your leg and is wrapping around your waist and you're, you're toast. You're done no. at that point. And so if Tennessee can't score in the second half, it's oof, almost certainly not going to be good. Um, but yes, I anticipate a good game. Uh, a little look ahead. What, what's the rest of Tennessee's? I know Georgia has Alabama coming out of the SEC championship. And I said, if Georgia loses this game, I am betting my mortgage on Georgia to cover in the SEC championship <laughs> because Kirby's just, oh my gosh, that man's going to be killing people on the sideline. What's Tennessee's outlook after this game? What, what do they have to look forward to? So you've got uh, Georgia, of course, on Saturday. Then you have Vanderbilt, and I mean everybody's chalking that up as a win. So you're looking at either if you win, you're nine and three; you lose, you're eight and four. And if you're nine and three, potentially you're looking at a Florida Bowl game, likely. Maybe Citrus is still in play. You're eight okay. and four. Uh, maybe maybe the Gator Bowl. Um, gosh, Tennessee fans don't want to hear this. Maybe the Music City Bowl. Uh, but uh, yeah, you like to win this game to give you a chance to to, to really kind of lock in a Florida Bowl game. But I would yeah. say right now, Gator Bowl, or uh, if you win this game, maybe a Citrus Bowl. It's fantastic. He is Eric Kane. Go look him up over on Twitter, Locked On Vols. Follow him. Go give him a listen. Go give him a subscription over on YouTube as well as wherever you get audio. Uh, Thanks for joining us. This has been Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Podcast, Locked On Vols. Crossover. We will see you all later.